Well, good evening. The summer is almost here. I think it is here, right? It feels like it. My kids are happy. School is almost out. And Ashley and I are almost happy that school is out. It's going to be out. <laughs> but adventures are on the horizon. Camps will be starting. Beaches will be opening. Trips are being planned. And the smell of burgers and hot dogs is in the air. All that said, nothing is free in this world. Sometimes you have to earn your summer. And I had to write final papers. You know, even writing sermons, writing papers is sometimes harder. Uh, but writing those papers this semester, this semester in particular, was no joke. <laughs> but I've made it through the hard part, so don't worry. Uh, all your prayers worked. I made it through the hard part, and when I was done with one of the more difficult papers, I had to go on Facebook and share the good news, right? That's how we do it in today's world. And I made a post, and it said, it's one thing to, under, to, to read Wilford Bion. It's one thing to read about this famous psychoanalyst and all his work. It's a whole other thing to understand Wilford Bion. And I've learned that assignments like these can only be understood when you curl up with a blanket on the couch, you get your highlighters, your notebook, and pencil, and you get fully ready to commit to knowing all you can about a certain topic, about a certain subject. Now, you simply can't get by with these kinds of papers just knowing a few paragraphs that you highlighted throughout the semester. You know, right? Writing papers? <laughs> when you're writing papers, you really have to know what you're... Like, at this level, you really have to know what you're talking about. So, I had gotten to the point where I knew this author so well that as I was reading, I was finishing his sentences. Like, that's another level. <laughs> that's when I felt comfortable to write my paper. So, after posting on Facebook... I finally understand Wilfred Bion. Uh, a friend of mine commented, and he said, wow, your post reminds me of a movie called A Fish Called Wanda. I don't know if you've ever seen that. And in the movie, he said, it reminded me of this part when Kevin Klein says to Jamie Lee Curtis, apes don't read philosophy. She replied back, yes, they do. They just don't understand it. And I guess the same could be said about many stories, even the scriptures themselves. So today I want to look at a story, and then we're going to look at the scripture. I was too young back then to watch A Fish Called Wanda. I think it was out of my PG zone. Uh, but I definitely remember it being played in the background. I remember it coming out. It would be on the TV in those blockbuster video days. And I likely picked up quite a bit from movies and stories that I heard when I was a kid, even when I didn't fully understand them. If you remember early on in the Gospel of Matthew, or in our nativity retellings, when Jesus was very little, he had to flee where? To Egypt. Did you know Jesus went to Egypt when he was little? 
He had to escape King Herod. Remember, King Herod was going after him. So it's recorded that he spent some time there. And you know, that was a hub. That was like New York City. (laughs) So one could only imagine what plays and what stories he heard while he was down there or on the way down there. And the story we will hear today is one story he may have heard. It's called the Song of the Pearl. It was written in the second century BCE, so 200 years before Jesus. It's the tale of a Parthian prince, a young child who was sent off on a journey by his father and mother down to the land of Egypt. He was sent there to go on a great quest. And here was the quest to bring back one pearl that lies in the middle of the sea and is guarded by a snorting serpent. When he finds the pearl, he should bring it back to his father and mother, back to their kingdom, where he can again put on his robe of glory, his toga, you know, they wear togas back then, and reign as heir of the kingdom. All he had to do was go down where? To Egypt and get that pearl from the dragon. Easy enough, right? And so he's escorted down to Egypt safely with two royal guards, carrying all he will need for his quest. When they safely delivered him to Egypt, the guards left him alone to do what his father and mother had sent him to do. And without delay, the young prince went for the pearl that was guarded by the serpent. But unfortunately, the serpent happened to be awake. So this little boy figured, why deal with the serpent when he's awake? So he resolved to wait for the serpent to fall asleep. And then he would slip in, grab the pearl, and head back home to glory. Good plan, right? So the young prince found an inn nearby to stay at until the serpent decided to take their nap. But it was in this Egyptian inn that the boy became anxious and nervous about the reality that he was about to go to a giant serpent and steal its pearl. And it reminds me of a story that I often tell about the time I went to Six Flags Great Adventure with my uncle as a little kid. I didn't know what he had in mind for this day. (laughs) See, we had been working our way through all the rides, and I knew what he was looking at. I knew what ride he wanted to really go on. So we worked our way through all the rides, and he was working his way towards this roller coaster called the Great American Scream Machine. All the previous rides, which I thought I was pretty brave for even going on those, all the previous rides were prepping me for this moment. And when it was time to get on the ride with my uncle after waiting two hours in line, as soon as I stepped into the ride, I stepped right back out. (laughs) There's no way I'm going on this ride called the Scream Machine. What do you expect, Sean? But my uncle... He didn't want to waste all that time, have wasted all that time. So he convinced me, come on, John, you could do it. (laughs) 
and together he promised me we would make it through this ride. So I stepped back in. As soon as that harness came down, he screamed, We're all going to die! I knew I'd be facing my own dragon that day. So like the boy hopped out of his quest that day, not wanting to face that dragon, that snorting serpent, he settled on staying the night in the inn. He didn't initially have any intention of delaying his quest, but now he was weary and suddenly aware that he was an alien in a foreign land. It was now settling in on him that the pearl he was after had been guarded by a serpent for a reason. And he had this sense that those in the inn, you know, it started to hit him, that he's not an Egyptian. And they might be on to his mission to come steal the pearl that was guarded by the snorting serpent. He started to get nervous and disoriented, just like I did when I got in that ride. And they gave him some food. And upon eating that food, the boy fell asleep into a deep sleep. Who made and the, the sleep made him forget who he was and where he had come from. It made him forget that he was the son of royalty, a prince. It made him forget the pearl and the quest to retrieve it. And he remained asleep there in the inn. Now news got back to the court in Parthia where nobles gathered together to figure out a plan on how are we going to reach the boy, the prince, who was now lost in a deep sleep under the spell of those Egyptians. And they conjured a way to get him a letter. This was their solution. Let's get him a letter that would remind him of what he forgot. And here's what the letter wrote cool to read these letters from 2,000 years ago. It said, awake. Awake and rise from your slumber and hear the words of this letter from all your family, from all the nobles, all the court of Parthia. We are reaching out to you. Remember the pearl why you left in the first place. Remember the robe of glory. Remember your mantle, which you will wear when your name is called in the book of life. When it is read in the book of heroes and heroines, when you will inherit this kingdom of your father and mother. They sent off the letter like a prayer into the skies. And it was carried by the, the king's royal eagle. And that eagle flew all the way down to Egypt. And it's found, it found its way to the inn where the boy laid in a deep sleep. The eagle landed right next to him and screeched. He hit him with his claw. He wanted to wake the boy up. 
And guess what happened? The boy woke up. He awakened. And the boy kissed that bird. He knew knew where that bird came from. And the bird handed him the letter. Words on paper that he already knew were written on his heart. He began to remember. He remembered that he was a royal child. The son of kings and queens. And he remembered that he had been deceived into eating this foreign food. Food meant to keep him from doing what he was sent to do. And so he remembered the pearl and his great quest. At once the boy jumped up, left the inn, went straight to that snorting serpent and charmed it to sleep. He called on the name of his father and mother to cast a spell over that serpent. His spell would do what those had done to him. And he cast that serpent, that great dragon, back into a deep sleep. He seized the pearl, undressed himself of of those filthy garments that they placed him in, and set back home to the light of his homeland in the east, all the way back in his mind hearing the letter that his parents had sent to him. And when he finally arrived back home, to the kingdom he had long since been, pearl in hand, the treasures of the palace came out and brought him his robe, his mantle, his toga. He had completely forgotten about these clothes that he wore as a child, but here they were, fitted for him anew. And for the first time, he noticed their true splendor. As they lifted the royal robe before him, it shimmering and blazing with the light of the sun, he saw the reflection of two people in the robe. And the boy said of the two reflections, they are me, and I am them. They are two reflections, but one person. The robes were covered in many gems made up of all colors of the rainbow. Before him, the the robe quivered, and he could feel it pulsing with wisdom and knowledge. And the robe seemed to take on a life of its own, as if it were alive. And it moved towards him, singing a song. Finally, the image he saw in the robe became crystal clear. It was just a reflection. A reflection not of a child, but of himself, now as he was. And the reflection in the robe whispered to him, Behold, 
He who is active and alive, for whom you have been reared in your father's house. Behold the boy who finally sees the father in himself. Behold the boy who now is ready to be the king. And the boy saw that he no longer was a boy. He no longer was just a prince. For the quest he had journeyed on changed him. The quest for the pearl had prepared him to finally see the reflection in the robe, the robe that he would now wear, just as his father and mother intended. This story tells the tale of what it is to live in this world and forget from where we came. We come from God above. He is also sometimes called Father and King of Kings. We come from the Holy Spirit, who we sometimes call Mother. And she is the blessed guide and counselor. And like that young prince we have found ourselves in this world where we've taken on these garments of flesh, where we eat only the food of this world, and where we too have fallen into a kind of sleep that has made us forget the kingdom from where we have come. If only we had a reminder to help us like that boy had, well, this, that's what this book is for. As Paul writes to those Ephesians, he says, Awake! Surely we must be asleep if he would write such a thing. Awake, O sleeper! Rise up from the dead and receive the light of Christ. If only we could remember the quest for which we've come into this world. But sometimes the answers have already been read, and it can take time to understand. Sometimes we already think we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Someone we hope will come along to tell us that we don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. Just like that someone sent from the kingdom, through the eagle, in the form of a letter. In the Gospel of Matthew, there's a short little passage, very brief. One could almost read right over it. It's wrapped up in a series of parables, riddles, spoken by our great teacher. You know his name, right? Jesus. It says in Matthew, Jesus always taught in parables, riddles, and this is a couple of them. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Again, 
Whenever you see Jesus say again, it's clear. He's trying to explain something. He's hopping from one metaphor to the next in hopes that one might do the trick and wake the listener up. Maybe that first one didn't do it, but I'm sure this second one will have a little more weight than maybe it has had before. Jesus says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all he had and bought that pearl. You see, Scripture scripture is just words on a page. Stories are just tales that are told. And our lives, our lives just lived. That's it. But under each of these, hidden within them, are messages. Messages that seek to remind us of what on earth spiritual and immortal beings are doing in this foreign land. How did God's children, princes and princesses alike, find themselves here, bogged down in the heavy weight and uncertainty of this world. But the kingdom of heaven is found in symbols, wrapped up in stories. Stories that remind us of the quest to find the pearl, to remember who we are, where we have come from, and why it is we have such a longing to return to our homeland. I wonder if Jesus had heard this story growing up while in Egypt, the song of the pearl. I wonder if it inspired him to seek it out himself in some way. I wonder if he slipped this story here into Scripture. And I wonder if it points to his own story. To arise and wake from the sleepy world of weight and worry. And again, remember just who we are. I encourage you all to read this story for yourselves. It's called the Song of the Pearl or the Hymn of the Pearl. And meditate on it. I think it makes that teaching of Jesus from Matthew, just a little more potent to wake us up and remember who we are and the quest for which the great parents above have sent us to seek and discover for ourselves. Amen. Amen.